It's not like Somaliland. Yeah, they'll, 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 they'll definitely never win the World Cup. Who? Somaliland. I mean, neither are you lost. We got more of a chance than you. What does that mean? We you know, we're not even in the same. We're not even in the same league, bro. That's, like two, ugly girls, that's like two ugly girls saying they're gonna win Miss World. Relax, relax, Man, relax, it's relax, not even relax, close, bro. Relax, yes. relax, relax. Are you not gonna come close to winning the World Cup? Yeah, one of those ugly girls never reached the quarterfinals of the World Cup. We talking about big man? You've got it, Wobi. You're not winning nothing. What? Who do you have? Mohammed, Mohammed. Angry at me? Don't shout at me. Who do you have? Honestly, I don't know why you get angry at me. I'm asking you a question, though. You had Leon Osman. Piss off. Who? Leon Osman, the Everton player. Was he Somali? He's not Somali. Dead out. What's going on, world? Welcome to episode 28 of the Rhymes Like Dance podcast with Peter. Yo. Mohammed. Salutations. And myself, Yemi. And we also have, I mean, do we call him a special guest? He's the fourth uh, member of Rhymes Like Dimes gang. You know what I mean? It's finally time that he's finally come through <laughs> on a guest tip. You know what I mean? Our sound guy, man. Saeed. Walk one. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, guys. How we doing? Well, yeah, man. Yeah, man. God is good all the time. All the time. All the time. God is good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Clearly, we're still in our homes. Yeah, man, it is what it is. But, you know, what you man been saying, obviously, the lockdown is taking over our lives. We're still here. Just here, innit, man? Like, a lot of meditation, a lot of reading. Trust. Man, just just here, man. You know what I'm saying? Just, I guess, just just taking each day as it comes. That's all we can do. For real, for real. For real. Mo, Mo, Ramadan Mubarak. Hey, man. Thank you, sir. Um, Did I say it right? What? Did I say it right? Yeah, Ramadan Mubarak. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, same shit. I've just been fasting, a lot of thinking, and I've been watching The Last Dance. Oh, yes. The yeah, one about the, the balls, right? Yeah, literally would have been about the balls. MJ, Scotty Pippen to a certain extent, and the 98 balls. Have you learned anything new about MJ? No. Okay. Um, no. The only thing it kind of gives you, is, the only thing it gave me was behind the scenes. Just having a look at it, but in terms of have I learned anything new? No, just because I know, I know, like I knew already that I knew the game winners, I knew the gambling problems he had, I knew the way he would. There's some stuff coming up that shows you how much of a this guy punched Steve Kerr in the face. <laughs> yeah, he what, like that's coming up. Like he in '98, he punched Steve Kerr in the face. What else did MJ do? That like, MJ was a bastard, man. That like, MJ was a to be a teammate. He didn't let Horace Grant eat on the plays if he played a bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. yo, MJ he was the alpha, alpha, man. He yeah, like, MJ team. was, yo, to play for MJ, it was a lot. Like, it was a lot. But yeah, mm. nah, did I learn anything? No. Did it prove to me that what well, I already thought that MJ was the GOAT? Yeah. So, I, I mean, know. I'm thinking about basketball, but I imagine, you know, him and a couple of others, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's him. Depending on how far you want to go back, but yeah, it's him. And then you've got the LeBron, the Kobe's, the Kareem's. Right, at the end of the day, no one's perfect, man. But the way it was documented was sick, bro. So it's bad. a, it's, it's so far, it's a perfect documentary, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Like, how many episodes so far? Uh, episode yeah. six, so episode seven and eight somewhere. 
Yeah, I'm going to wait until they've done the whole, released all the episodes and then I'm going to binge. Bruv, you're going to just lose your mind. Like, I'm looking forward to it, man. Bruv, it's sick. Even the way they yeah. do the timeline from, so they go from 98 to like 84 to when he was drafted to 89 when we lost to the Pistons to 90. Like just the way they do the timelines. Bruv. And then it merges seamlessly from like 90. It's so nostalgic. Yeah, the bro. colors, the feeling, bro, it's just mad. You see how crazy Dennis Rodman was. Yeah, like you see that Jerry Krause was the devil. <laughs> like, fuck Jerry Krause, but yeah, yeah. but it's sick. Yeah, Saeed, how you been, bro? I'm cool, man. Literally been meditating as well, reading, going outside, getting some fresh air, man. Um, got a new camera as well, so I've just been taking photos. What camera? Um, I got a Sony A6, uh, what, 6400? Yeah, A6400. This one's going to be like a team camera for like me and my lot and just our own projects. And just photography anyway, man. We just need to just document shit. Let's have some fun, hopefully, next year. But, um, How are you, Yummy? Yeah, Nick, what are you saying, Yummy, man? I'm here, man. I'm good. Um, just, just here living life, well, as much as I can. <clears throat> uh, I mean, breaking these social distancing rules, but everyone is. I'm <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm literally. I'm in, not. Bro. Don't put that on us. That's because you live in Birmingham. <laughs> Solitary no, confinement. No such thing as fresh air. <laughs> and Saeed lives in bumfuck Kent. Yeah, I live in Nile. So it's, it's nice, bro. I've got a lot of greenery around here. To be fair, so yeah, no one's there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bro, there's bare, bare wankers, bro. There's bare wankers. This is what I mean. <laughs> Where, you know, I'm in South London. You know, I mean, there's humanity here. You know what I'm saying? Hella white. Yeah, it's the same yeah. over here. Yeah, but there's they're more interesting. You know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. that's one. I've never heard. I, of I, I live next door to a lesbian couple. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's oh, kind of right. that kind of level. Okay. Hey, hey. quirky. Hey, I'm saying. Hey. hey, man. Thank you guys for joining us. Obviously, we are um, on Zoom right now. Um, new experience for us. Well, all about the new experiences. Um, before we start, obviously, we got to send a couple RIPs because 2020 has just been on a mad one. From a personal standpoint, myself and Peter's father passed away um, last month, the beginning of last month. And um, yeah, it's been a tough time for all of us. So I want to send an RIP to our dad. I also want to send an RIP to um, the UK rapper Ty. He passed away recently as well of uh, coronavirus. So RIP to him. Also, RIP to Little Richard as well. We've just found out that he passed away. Little Richard, like, I mean, he's there's so much to say about him. You know what I'm saying? He, he kind of, yeah, man, speaks for itself pretty much. And also, RIP to Andre Harrell as well, who was um, the founder of Uptown Records, responsible um, for people like Diddy, Heavy D, Mary J. Blige, and a whole host of other 90s legends. So, yeah, man, may, they, may all of their souls rest in peace. Um, 2020's a mad one. Trust. So, yeah, um, without further ado, let's get into it. So, um, I guess the first topic is something that kind of has been brewing for a bit. So, The Baby basically released a new album. I think it's called Blame It On The Baby. Obviously, very successful. The baby is one of the most popping rappers in the game right now, as far as new school and just generally. Um, he's got hits like Bop, Shug, Vibes. He was on the Dreamville album, whole host of other good features. And he has come under a bit of scrutiny recently for 
supposedly only having one flow. Now his flow is kind of like, it's kind of like he's trying to cram a million words into one bar. And obviously being a rapper, one of the key aspects of being a rapper is your flow. Whether you're able to switch it up, whether you're able to, you know, perfect it, stuff like that. So with the criticism that he's had over the past couple of weeks since the album dropped anyway, and I'm pretty sure the criticism has been there for a while before that anyway. I guess what I want to know is in 2020, in this very saturated rap game, like, especially when you consider the fact that rappers over the years have, you know, have tested with different flows depending on who they're collaborating with and what their mood is at that time. Does it, does it matter now that rappers can be successful with only one flow? Hey, lads, before we begin, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a beautiful introduction. Yo, Mo, you're sitting like a Playboy model. Please, I beg you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yourself, man. Oh, man. That, that leg up is crazy. I'm not uncomfortable, man. This is good. <laughs> what they would do, bro. You bro, look like, the way you're sitting, aren't you? The way you're sitting, bro. I'm sorry, bro. I'm comfortable. Get ready to serenade me, man. I'm feeling uncomfortable, man. Bro, bro. That's uh, the devil Campbell. Can we talk? You look, <laughs> bro. That's exactly what it is. It's like the Thriller album cover, bro. I said, Kevin, that's that's what it is, man. I'm sorry, bro. I'm comfortable, you man. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a problem with that, I don't know what to tell you, fam. That's no, cool, man. You got your do knees you, up. Do you. I'm playing. I'm playing. I actually, don't, bro. I'm laying down, man. You ain't gonna do all that, but I feel you. Feel me, like even me, even move the camera, like come on, man. I need to show you, like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very comfortable right now. I'm very comfortable. Yeah, do you, King? Do you, man? Don't ever say I'm looking like I'm gonna serenade you, fam. Don't ever, bro. I'm just telling you, man. Don't fix your lips and say I'm ever gonna. You're a grown man, bro. That's what it looks like, man. I can only speak on what I see in it, and you know, look calm now. I don't have many men sitting in front of me like that, so... Does it look all right now, or does it still look... I'm, I'm trying to sing, carry me talk. It, it just do you, no, man. Do you. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you have to change your style. Come on, man. Now he's got... It's kind of stiff up, stiffened up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> does it look like I still want to sing? No, no, you're good now, and you're good. Yeah, because people need to know I put you work in these streets. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of work, Mo? Don't answer that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't even answer that. Sorry, sorry, guys, man. That was, that was a beautiful introduction, too. I mean, yeah. Thank you. So, um, back to the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for me personally, I think it's important to measure what we mean by flow, because I think from a traditional standpoint, it's always nice to hear like rappers, I guess, switch it up, switch up the tempo, because I think. Doing different type of tempos over different type of beats, I guess, can demonstrate your use of different types of flow with your lyrics. Um, most people want to see that more time. Um, but I don't necessarily feel like it's the be all and end all. I think it depends on the type of artist that you are. I think production is very important because depending on the type of beats that you're known to pick, I guess that will kind of determine how you sound over that and how you use certain type of flows as well. I do think it is important to show different things, man. Especially if you're an artist that tries, that intends to be around for a long time. I think it's important to just show that you're able to do different things and different styles and different type of you know, music and stuff. Um, so I understand why certain people get criticized, but for me personally, I don't necessarily mind, man. Like someone like a Rick Ross, like, 
he's been criticised for having one type of flow, but I love him, man. I, I know what I'm going to get from him. I know the sort of sound I'm going to get from him, and he hasn't failed me, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, man. Um, I feel like nowadays, as much as it's as much as it's good as a rapper to show your skill by way of hopping on different beats, trying out different flows and stuff like that. It isn't the be all and end all. I feel like nowadays there is a generation of rappers that come through and there's also a generation of producers that come through whereby you can have one flow and you can find a producer, no matter whether it's your own song or whether you're featured on a song that will find a beat for you to stay on that flow, to stay comfortable. So in the, in the example of the baby, he was on Dreamville's, um, I think it was Under the Sun, and that beat was perfect for him. Obviously, he's not Dreamville affiliated. You know, he's got his own production team and stuff like that, but the beat fit him perfectly. He could That song could fit on a, on a The Baby album. So I feel like there is more catering to rappers nowadays that probably do have only one flow. And to be honest, if you're good at that flow, like one good thing about The Baby is when he came in, no one, no one was really doing the flow that he was doing. So it was kind of new, it was kind of fresh. And I suppose now people feel like he's done it over and over now. We kind of want to hear something new. But at the time, when he first came out and became popular, it was, it was cool. It was all the rage, I suppose. But so, is he over the same type of beats? Pretty much. It's kind of like very heavy drums, a couple hi-hats here and there. Like it's, They're not the most sophisticated beats, but they're kind of like off-kilter mm. to where he, his, his flow and his words ride the beats. So it's kind of similar in that sense. You'd have to listen to find out more, but yeah, kind of, kind of. But yeah, man, I think generally it probably doesn't matter because rap is so saturated now. Like you go to different artists for different things. Yeah. In, the, in the 90s, in the golden age, when I suppose when there were not as many rappers and there weren't as many like subgenres and sounds, you kind of had to show that you were, if you were like on a jazz rap, uh, jazz rap beat, you'd have to show that you could flow on that. Because yeah. if you didn't, like, it would it would stick out like a sore thumb. Nowadays, because it's so saturated, like you can find a guy, a person that you like that isn't necessarily as skilled flow wise, but still vibe out to it. Mm. I think you hit the nail on the head. It depends on who the rapper is and what you're getting from him. Like Peter said, Rick Ross, I know what I'm going to get from him every single song. I know exactly what I'm going to hear. I know what type of beat. I'm, I know what he's going to rap about. So it's like because I'm a fan of that, I'm always going to tune in. So I can't really criticise him to say, yo, why do you never change it up? I guess the criticism he got is from the people that maybe weren't fans of the baby and they're like, why are people fans of someone that sounds the same? But if someone like, say, a Pusha T gives me the same, Pusha T raps about the same thing in every topic, I'm a fan of it. I'm already invested. I don't really mind. I'm never going to criticise him. And before I even tune in, I know what I'm expected to get. So I think it comes down to who the rapper is and what you're, what you're already thinking. If you already know what you're going to get from him and you're already invested, you're never really going to complain that the flow's the same because mm. you already like that flow. Mm. And plus, it's a win. It's, sometimes it's, you, know, you can't win either way because I've heard, I've seen, I'm trying to think, I've seen rappers that have changed their flow and got criticised for it. Like who? I'm trying to remember. I remember there was one rapper recently. I, I've, I've it happens a lot. There's been a couple of times that, um, I think on Jadakiss's most recent um, project that he put out, there's a couple of tracks where he tried to do something. I wasn't a massive fan of the last project as well. Yeah, I don't think it was great. But um, yeah, there was a couple of tracks where he tried to flow just a bit differently to what yeah. he usually has. And I didn't like it. You know? Exactly. So it's like a do what it's like, I was the same. 
do what that whatever. But you're, like, damned you, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, yeah. so like, yo, yeah. do you change your flow and get criticized or do you stay the same and get criticized? About taking risks, though. You don't worth the risk. Exactly. And I think that's, we do appreciate that in certain artists as well, man. Like, you know, we like those that are courageous. We like those that take risks Definitely. and are willing to jump outside the box and try. We like that, but like, is it worth the risk for them if they've got a fan base? Say if you're not heavily invested in them and then they've already, do you take the risk and alienate the ones that are on the precipice of whether they like you or not? Mm. And then you change it and then you lose them fans. But yeah, I mean, it goes back to being damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think in Jadakiss's example, you have someone who has been in the game for such a long time and has done more or less the same thing throughout that it becomes obvious when he's switching stuff up. In the case of the baby, who's a new artist who, you know, doesn't have the same privilege as being two decades in the game, maybe he feels like he has to do that to, you know, kind of establish himself a little bit more before he experiments, mm. right? And, and there's loads of rappers that do that. Right? There's loads of rappers who, have, who stick to a certain style and then maybe experiment afterwards, you know what I'm saying? People like Playboy Carti have been criticised for having one flow, you know, make the stallion as well. Um, but it works for them and it works for their audience. That affects the new school artists a lot more than the artists we grew up on. Even they're not as versatile as the ones we grew up on. I think it's because it's so saturated that that's probably why. Yeah, you kind of don't have to be as talented now because your music is essentially a mood. And when people are feeling a mood, they'll switch to you. And rap fans generally, I'd say, new school ones anyway, don't really care for much. So they're not going to be out here saying, unless it's like something crazy like Blueface. And Blueface is a great example. Like his flow is... You don't have one. The good thing about his flow is that it seems like he doesn't have one. Like, he's always trying to find the beat, but he, it works for him. And he, he's got a mad corn for that. So it kind of works in different ways, basically. But yeah, generally, rap fans nowadays are just... They don't, yeah, they don't, they don't really care, man. They don't really yeah, care about... The, the younger ones are very content with what they're hearing now. If it's Definitely. the same thing, they, they don't mind. Um, it's, it's digestible. I, I, I think I'm on both sides of the argument, man. Like... Because there are certain rappers where it can become a bit redundant to hear the same thing over and over again. I was saying, I had a conversation with Yemi just off like recording in that, and I was like, I want to try and mention Jay Z a lot less, but I'm about to mention him again. But some the reason why we, we love Jay Z. Mention Jay Z every episode. I'm good with that. <laughs> but like, the reason why we mention um, why we love Jay so much is because he's given us so many albums, he's been extremely consistent, and he's just given us different versions of himself in different styles and has experimented a lot so there's a lot to compare and there's a lot to I guess paint the wider picture I think if you do stick to one thing I think it does kind of limit you as far as even how you're criticized as well and how you're ranked against or amongst the goats but sometimes I agree with you which is why I feel like we rank Kendrick where we rank Kendrick because he could change it up mm. through albums but sometimes Taking a risk isn't always worth, it's not always, like, look, I, I don't want to always mention J. Cole, but using J. Cole as an example, no, generally I don't want to use Cole as an example, but he's someone that's tried to change his flow on his last album, and to me, it didn't work. And he's someone that's still trying to, I think, find his sound via changing his, so someone just trying to find himself via changing his sound. And so, like, it doesn't always work, because I feel like if you listen to him from Friday Night Lights to today, He's changed his sound a few times, and I feel like it's never once hit since. But changing then your sound is different from changing your flow. 
I feel like he does both as well. Because if you hear KOD, he's not rapping the same flow that he was rapping on Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I mean, obviously he would have grown, he would have developed, he would have found new ways to just express himself flow-wise and musically. Obviously it speaks to a bigger, the whole flow conversation probably speaks to a bigger issue of just like overall artistry as well. Like to, to Peter's example by Jay-Z, the reason why he's so great is because he has been able to switch it up in every aspect. Same thing with Kendrick. But I'm not sure if that priority to be an amazing artist and switch up flows and switch up other things is as pertinent with these new artists. Mm. I think that here, some of them anyway, to get the bag and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? There's only a few new school artists. I'm, I'm, maybe not new school, because I don't know if you'd count ASAP Rocky as new school, but he switches it up every time. But he's that way inclined. A lot of these artists aren't that way inclined. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're just trying to make whatever is popular and what's going to get them money. So that and the similar flows go into that as well. I think I'm with you lot. Like Rick Ross probably gets dispensation for that. You know, all the old, the, new, the old school rappers who kind of have a niche as well. Who do you not, I've got a question for you. Who do you not think taking Jay-Z out of it is the best at changing their flow depending on what song they're on? I said 3K. Um, that's tough, hey, man. I'm um, here for the tough question, sir. Freestack is probably the Freestack. He's the best at changing his flow depending on what song he's on. Yeah, facts. Because he's rapping differently on a James Blake song than he is to an Anderson Pack song to a UGK song. So he's definitely someone who adapted to it but again i think that weaves it back weaves back to uh, artistry as well i feel like the rappers that don't change up their flow i think they hide behind changing up their sound so they can get away with not changing up their flow because there's a lot of rappers that if you really start nitpicking and looking deeply sound the same a lot of the time as far as cadence how many Mm. um, how many bars they fit into like you know a single sentence like if we can deep it man there's a lot of them I think nowadays the new generation are the sons of, um, you know, Lil Wayne, Young yeah. Thug, Chief Keef, and who else would you say? I would say Chief Keef and Wayne are one and two. I'm trying to think of more. Yeah, no, and then I'd probably say Thug because yeah, I think yeah. Thug, and Thug, Future a little bit, Future a little bit as well. Hundred percent. You know, people like Little Baby and Gunner. They're from the Lil Wayne, little you know, the Young Thug school. Mm. You know, someone like Six Nine. And, you know, people, other people who shout are from the uh, Chief Keef school as well. So let's not give Chief Keef 6 9 <laughs> I mean, let's not name Gunner and the baby for my like, young fuck. I give Chief Keef 6 9 I mean, who else would you need to give him? I don't know, but I don't want to give him 6 9 That just seems a little bit disrespectful. I mean, that's his, that's what give I mean. Herbal, it's not what it is, man. Give him like Herbal or someone like that, fam. Or like the little Dirks. Bobby Schmurder? Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Schmurder's in that school too. It was the same era. I thought it was the same time. Was it just Bobby Schmurder a bit later? No, nah, Schmurder was later. He was a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll give him like the, the little dirts, the G Herbos, them kind of artists there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Free Stacks is great at switching up his flow. Method Man, um, obviously Jay. Big Daddy Kane was amazing. Big Daddy Kane was amazing. Listen, man, not, Biggie did a great job on Notorious Thugs. Um, you know. Yeah. There's a few, man. There's a few. There's I a think few. Kano's yeah. absolutely phenomenal at it. I think that's one thing. One strike against Wretch, though. I don't. I don't know if, how much Wretch, early Wretch, switched up his flow. Early Wretch sounded the same. Teachers Training Day Wretch sounded the same on a few songs, but I feel like as time grew, 
he's figured out how to change his flow on certain songs. Bro, as I'm time. telling you, man, there's a lot of beloved but, MCs that don't switch up the flow. And it's but I feel like that was a... Pete, just quickly, I feel like... Do you not feel like that was a UK problem as well, though? No, not at all. Because because I, feel like, like, I thought, if anything, UK MCs switch up the flow more so than maybe US. Fair enough. But they may maybe they rhyme over the same type of beats a lot. It's very samey, but yeah, yeah, because of because of grime originated because of you know, the pace in which you're rapping at. There was always emphasis on you know the pace in which you're rhyming at and switching it up from time to time. Like, so I thought yeah. that we're very talented as far as being able to do that. I thought we always have been. Yeah, and then from grime came so many different unique flows as well. Like obviously, dirty goods. His flow is way different to a Kano's, who's way different to like a Temper T. You know what I'm mm. saying? Yeah, exactly. With that, you know, you probably have, and because they're all so close to each other, they're friends, they're associates, like they're, they're going to rub off on each other a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is similar to the 90s, because in the 90s, pretty much everyone, well, up to a point, knew each other, were familiar with each other, liked each other, collabed with each other. Mm. And you still have that today, but there's clearly quite divided lines as far as, you know, flow and artistry and all that stuff as well so all in all like it doesn't i guess it doesn't matter depending on who the artist is i think if they're still making good music it might not necessarily matter these days like who's gonna criticize someone oh you don't you don't switch up your flow like in the grand scheme of things it might not matter so much now you know what i'm saying um maybe back in the 90s when you know you had to be original and you had to do this you had to do that um which by that logic the baby kind of is because he came in with a new flow especially during a time when People were using the same flows, like the Migos flow. Like the Migos flow is probably the most popular flow of the last 10 years. Easy. You know what I'm saying? And people were using that like crazy. UK rappers do it as well. It's very annoying. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's a... That's it's a the ad-libs. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, for real. What do you think is more annoying, though? Having the same content matter in every song or the same flow? I think both, bruv. Like... So if you just have to say like one that's more... That's a good question. That's more annoying. I've been content, man. Um, you think that's more annoying? Yeah, there's only there's only a few artists that I can listen to that talk about the same things over and over again. Freddie Gibbs, um, Pusha T's probably one of the only ones. Um, he gives me the same thing every song, and I'm okay with that. Um, if you're giving it to me in the same type of way as well, yeah, it can become redundant. But there's not that many that I can really stomach it, man. It can just it gets boring. It gets mad boring after a while, man. How do you explain your love for Griselda then? Um, exactly, that's funny, isn't it? You know what to what I said earlier, man. It's the sound. It's being able to, you know, I guess hide behind different types of beats. No, hundred percent. And I think that's the same thing with Pusha T. Obviously, Pusha T's production has evolved over the years to where it's fine. But if you have someone like the baby who kind of raps over similar beats but doing the same flow, that's when it gets a bit jarring. But at the same time, rappers who have rapped before probably have rapped over similar beats. And over time, as their budget has increased and they've got more producers, like they've switched up. So it probably, to answer your question, Mo, it's probably, it's probably the content. It's probably I the content. Yeah, I per- me personally, I'll get more annoyed having the same content matter than having the same flow. Because like, I feel like that's why someone like a little Wayne stopped progressing because of the same content. Mm. So I feel like, people check out more quicker when it's the same content than it is. Yeah, but he did go a bit different though, a few points. He went all like... Yeah, know, he tried the whole rock thing. Yeah, the whole rock Yeah, thing. no, I'm just saying like, if you listen to... But that backfired though. It did, it didn't it? Though, right? <laughs> Yeah, man. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, it, it was. 
the thing with Wayne is like it was the fact that the content was so superficial. Like it was so because at least with Pusha T, he finds more creative ways to tell you that he's moving drugs. With Wayne, it was literally resting pussy. Pussy money weed. He said it. Yeah, it was just like he was trying to do the wordplay, all the freaking wordplay, but it just it was pretty much the same shit over and over again. At least with Push and Freddie Gibbs and Griselda, they are more vivid with it. Mm. And if Wayne was more vivid with it, he probably would be more popping now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm saying if you just you just need to find new ways of saying it, and that's probably where flow comes into it. Like if you're doing a different flow but doing the same content, then like it's it's, it's gravy. Like it's cool. Imagine doing the same flow, same content as well. Time and time again. With shit beats. Listen, man. If you do it enough, you'll either turn people away or you'll like get a real true fan base. I think, yeah, I think the baby's heading for a fan base that really loves the fact that he does this one thing. And he probably will get to a point where he wants to switch up and it won't be received as well. But that's the risk you take. I mean, it's similar to like a, a gig's. You know, recently he's been, last few years he's been trying to do this whole switching up with the flow and yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. But the thing is, with gigs though, every time he switches it up, he kind of doesn't because it's kind of the same structure. He might say the words... The, the, the tempo is, is, is being speeded up, sped up a bit. Yeah, or slowed down even. Yeah, because he still... Down even. Yeah, because he still does the... And we love him for it. We love him for it. So, you know, it's just, I think the con, yeah, the content obviously has a lot to do with the flow as well. As well. It's just, it just seems, because obviously Giggs is talking about the same thing over and over again. But I don't think it does. I think they're two different things. I don't know if they are, I don't think they align together like that. I think you can talk, you can, you can choose a flow and talk about anything. I don't know if the content, will dictate flow. I don't know. No, I think they're definitely informed by each other. I feel like if you're a gigs who talks about the same stuff in the same flow, and then you start to switch it up, you tell the difference. Mm. Same thing for anybody, you know what I'm saying? So they definitely inform each other. And I think one may make one more interesting, but I don't know which order it's in. Mm. Whether it's the flow making the content more interesting or the content making the flow more interesting. Who knows? I think the flow. I, I, the flow is how you ride the beat. That's one of the first things that we hear, man. Like how somebody pick up over the type of beat. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that pulls us in, and then it's what they're saying. I don't know, man. I think again, I think I think it's dependent. I think it's dependent. If you start a verse with like, "I fucked your bitch," fat mm. Sure. Then you know what I'm saying. Yeah. First off, fuck the bitch, and the click you claim. Yeah. Are you thinking about the flow, or are you thinking about what you're saying? Oh, yeah, good point. It, it's dependent, man. I think that's the thing with like with hip hop as well. Like, depending on the artist and depending on who it is, like. But you could argue with that though. The flow hadn't really begun in the song. He was just saying words, and then he was kind of going into it. So I don't know. That backs up that sometimes. Okay. You know what I'm so when you go to the next bar, then are you still thinking about the content, or do you need more bars? Let's take the first uh, four. If, bars. if those are the first few words of a that's, verse, that's pulling you in. I'm already in. That's pulling you in. Me too. That a lot as well, though. If you look at Rick Ross's songs, Rick Ross does his first first four bars are normally what pulls you in, mm. and I love the way Rick Ross flows. I love it. I think there's a very few people that I love Rick Ross's flow, but I'm saying his content is what pulls me in. The way he just talks for me is his production, man. Just, he's, no, he's got to me. He's got one of the best ears ever. Yeah, 
But I'm just saying, the way he also raps is special. Mm. Like, I've never heard a man talk about luxurious lifestyles <laughs> the way Rick Ross does, bro. You probably never saw the word luxurious before you met Rick Ross. Bro, he wants me to get a private plane and just have yoga. You would too. Cause you know me, fam. If you had, if you had the funds. Can you ever think of any like super lyrical rappers that you don't like their flows? Oh, I'm not keen on Talib Kweli's flows, bro. I feel like he tries to fit too many words in like each bar. Just to show people how smart he is. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, man. Big up Talib. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but... I show people he's smart, isn't it? Bastard. <laughs> he will like he will he will, he will say like duh, 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 like duh, duh, duh. it's just too much sometimes. Right, we get it. You yeah. read. I love Talib, man, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about his flow sometimes, man. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. I think when he slows it down or when he's like just riding it a little bit more rather than just trying to put words in there, yeah. um, better. But I hear you, oh, man. Super lyrical. I don't, I don't know. I'm, off the top of my head, I don't want to say. I don't want to. I can't because I don't want to give a wrong answer. There's no wrong answer, man. It's what you feel, isn't it? Yeah, but I might feel it now and then tomorrow I don't. Hey, you're human, man. You, you change our minds all the time, bro. It's all good. Yeah. Royce but, sometimes, man. Royce? Sometimes. 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 Why? I think, I think it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing as Talib. I think sometimes he might try to cram too many words into a bar and it doesn't always work for him. Well, Royce these days or like earlier Royce? Uh, just Royce in general. Right. I feel like Royce now is better earlier. You heard his new album? No. Did you listen I'm to thinking- I'm thinking more so to the old, to the to the last album, and I'm thinking to the Prime albums as well. I'm thinking to Bad Meets Evil as well. He always finds a way to get it back, mm. like flow, like if he goes off kilter. But sometimes it's just a bit jarring. Yeah, I feel you. I always loved the way um, Cool G rap flowed. He always had sort of like, because I feel like his flow and Big Pun's flow are very alike, and you know, I think he did influence Pun. But I always liked with him. See, there's a thin line between like rapping fast and like not saying anything at all. And a lot of rappers do hide behind the whole rapping fast thing. With someone like a Cool G rap, he would say a lot of words, but it was still quite rhythmic. And it didn't sound like he was just trying to say a bunch of words super fast. He was still saying stuff. And I think that's what I enjoyed about Big Pun as well. Big Pun, I think, I have, yeah, I think he was, he was amazing with that though. Yeah, I, I enjoyed both their flows. Putting a hundred stuff in one bathroom. Yeah, AZ is another one that I really enjoy his flow. Um, I mean, you... underrated. His, his ear for beats was always awful, but I really enjoyed his flows. Hey man, I know someone else has got that problem. Yeah, so on. wait, he didn't he didn't EP his tape. <laughs> what did he say, Abby? He didn't EP. AZ didn't EP. Listen, early <laughs> Nas probably could have EP'd his tapes. Uh, what's the key word you said? Early Nas. <laughs> <laughs> Nas after like it was written yeah nah keep that it stopped being written yeah keep, keep that <laughs> yeah no, nah, it's, it's interesting to see how important flow is though man like I was even trying to think of the ones some of my most sacred rappers man that maybe haven't switched up that much man and you know you guys know how I feel about Tupac but I'm not going to say he switched up that much I think I knew what I was getting from him most tracks and the me. I think he can go from a mid type of tempo to really slowing it down. Um, I feel like he did that quite a bit on like Me Against the World album. But he didn't switch out that much. But it's okay. With, with someone like a Tupac, I feel like it was more their words and how he pronounced his words and how he delivered them rather than the rhythm of how he was delivering the lyrics. So I guess as important as flow is, 
there are some rappers that can get away with leaning more on their lyrics. He's definitely one of them. Yeah. 100%. Also, yeah, I mean, can I say, yeah, there was straight man way, yeah. Your beard, Peter, your beard is glistening, fam. I'll say, fam. Yo, how do we get I don't know how we go from two pack delivering bars to my beard, but it's all good. I'm not going to say, fam, your beard glistens. Can I not give a compliment? Of course you can. I appreciate that, my, my bro. Let's move. <laughs> Why are you uncomfortable for? Um, I just... I don't, know his bad, I don't know how we got from Tupac to glistening. I don't know. It's crazy. No, because Pete was talking and all I see is his beard, fam. Shining. <laughs> no, I, I noticed that too. I just didn't comment on it. Hey, uh, it's that coke oil, like, man. Hit up Holland and Barrett's. Like they should pay me for an ad. They should, huh? They should pay me for an ad. Holland and Barrett? Yeah. Look, at who, wants, look at who he wants to be advertised by. <laughs> Listen, man, it's that, uh, nothing surprised right me with Pete anymore, bro. Real, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. I mean, uh, uh, inevitably, it probably doesn't matter flow wise. I mean, it just depends on what you want from that artist. It depends what you're getting from them. If they're able to convey themselves in a great way to where they don't switch up their flow, or if it gets to a point where the flow becomes like popular and synonymous with them, then it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. We're past that stage of it really mattering. Well, a lot of our goats switch up their flows. Just, just FYI. All right, guys, let's move on to the next topic. So um, we wanted to do a little bit of a uh, retrospective, I guess you'd call it, like a, um, a reflection on uh, the one and only Raucous Records. So for those that don't know, Raucous Records is a hip-hop label that was founded in the mid-90s, and they focused on... On well, let me actually paint more of a picture. So, it is the mid nineties. <laughs> um, gangster rap is in full effect. You know, P Diddy in the Jiggy era. Shout out to Mace is in full effect. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, hip hop was commercializing to exorbitant rates. Like people were getting commercial. People were getting number one albums. This, that, and the other. There was a void there, I guess, and there was a cry from other sections of the hip-hop community for something alternative, something that was kind of like a hearkening back to the purest roots of hip-hop, which was mainly the lyricism. Enter Rookus Records. Rookus Records comes through in the mid-90s and are responsible for some of the best um, hip-hop albums generally that we've seen, but also some of the most important hip-hop albums as far as establishing the underground scene. There was a new generation of MCs and producers and stuff that you know, we're making their voices heard on a lower level. So we're talking about people like Company Flow, who are essentially like LP, his original group. Um, we're also talking about, if I get the Wikipedia page up, um, we're also talking about Farrah Monch, <laughs> who's been in Black Organized Star. Confusion, and he came out as a solo <laughs> artist and did his thing, Black Star. They released Big L's last album, The Big Picture. They released, um, they also released the Sound Bombing um, compilation album, which was kind of like a showcase for these underground MCs, like most, like Black Star, like LP, even a young, precocious white boy Eminem. So, um, yeah, man, it was it was it was good times. Oh, I'm glad you guys didn't bite. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a glorious time for the establishment of um, underground hip hop. So, I guess what we want to do today is kind of reflect on on Walker's records and where we think underground rap or just rap in general would be without it. Ooh. That was um that was a beautiful intro. You know what I mean? I must Just say. Just me. Wow. Yet again. You're two for two right now, so well done. Safe. Appreciate it. Um, hmm. 
Big up Rokas, man. They they were hella important for, I think, just hip-hop in general, man, but particularly the, the underground. Um, I, I don't know if without them, we look at the underground the same. I feel like without them, the underground looks very different. I feel like probably there would be way more rebore attempts at trying to go mainstream if, I guess, Raucous didn't provide that platform for artists that weren't of that ilk of trying to go mainstream or trying to make quote-unquote jiggy music existed. Um, I think there's a certain level of pureness that I feel like they created a platform for. I think looking at what hip-hop was like back in them days, like around 96, 97, Puff and them, man, were really like they were running a muck, man, like shiny suits and all sorts. You know what I'm saying? Running what? Huh? (laughs) Running what? what? Yeah, (laughs) they were just running, running um, didn't it? (laughs) No, literally, man. So I feel like because of that, it made it seem as though hip hop was going in one direction. I think it made it seem as though everybody needed to, I guess, get aboard or just risk being frozen out you know being able to make a career out of rap but fortunately actually going back a bit i was listening to um justin hunt company man so big up him and he was speaking about how um the shift really came when nas dropped it was written um the same day that they last soul dropped stakes as high and i don't know for those that haven't listened to it was written check it out but it was very different it it was your Mac was a lot more dusty, um, underground, more like pure, whereas it was written was like more of an attempt of, I guess, blowing up. And he became rich off that shit. That the tune with Lauren Hill like blew up in that. So that was where there was a bit more of a shift. I think that's when people started to choose more of a side of whether they were gonna maybe stick to or I guess, board the boat of making mainstream jiggy music or stick to, like, the core and the pureness of what rap was. Um, and then yeah. thus the divide. Yeah, and even to go a little bit further, like, obviously, the people like the most deaths and those kind of purists who had kind of been in the scene for quite a while, even before they dropped um, albums with Rockers, you know, they were being put on these platforms by the likes of De La Soul, by the likes of A Tribe Called Quest and people like that. But obviously, as Raucous came into it, and as Peter rightly says, um, the divide between Stakes is High and it was written, underground rappers like those guys was getting louder um, to the point where there had to be a platform for it. It was quite clear that there was two sides of the coin that needed to be serviced. And, you know, Raucous came in and probably around the right time as well. Um, yeah, because it was Amy, man. Like, everyone was trying to, like, go pop. Um, and you know the, the young the young rappers at the time I imagine young musicians coming through they weren't they didn't subscribe to that they they couldn't do it they they could more so lean more towards doing what was pure to them which was the more I guess lyric driven just traditional what we know to be traditional rap um, so it was probably a godsend that like, a record label that Raucous came through man because without them I don't know how rap looks. Back then, especially. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, imagine, imagine having a scene where only one type of sound is being pumped through. And that's why I feel like rap is like the greatest genre in the world, man. Like, it's just like, 
record labels like Raucous allowed for so much more room to do different things. So much, way more experimentation in that. Whereas, I don't know if there would have been room for that. 100%. I don't think there would have been either. Um, and they weren't, I, sorry to cut you off, I mean, they weren't the first indie label, but you could argue that they might have been the most important. The most important. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, all rap labels start off indie. Like, Def Jam was an indie label until it got um, taken in by Universal, you know what I'm saying? Um, Rockefeller as well. Like, all of the, Bad Boy as well. These are all, these are all indie labels that then became mainstream. So, in a sense, rap, obviously, at the time, and maybe not so much now because it's kind of mainstream, well, maybe mainstream, but it was very much an indie alternative thing. And within that, it became more and more mainstream which then regurgitated out the alternative again, in a sense. So I think without Raucous, um, especially, especially for that generation, like the LPs, the most devs, the qualities, I think for those people who had been doing rap for a while and obviously hadn't seen much success during those times, doing the same kind of conscious lyrical stuff, it just wasn't hitting at the time, they probably would have, they might have slipped out of making music altogether. Mm. because there's no way for you to I mean you can still express yourself but there's no way for you to really be heard mm. like most Def made um, he was part of Urban was it Urban Thermodynamics or something with his siblings yeah. and they dropped something in like what 92, 93 um, no one was checking for that mm. and you know he had to do it through features and then it was finally time for him to bust through with Black Star he bust through so I think the path of a lot of our favorite purist rappers is a lot different without Rockus, basically. And even if you look at the catalog, like Black Star, Fun Crusher Plus, Sound Bombing, yeah. Internal Affairs by Pharaoh Munch, Most Def's first um, album, Tyler Quali's first albums, um, you know, even a Cool G rap album. Mm. Like, there's loads of stuff here, man. Yeah. Loads of stuff. And I feel like it was like a return to form as far as the pureness of hip hop as well. Because, yeah. like, obviously, we have rappers like Chuck D and um, KRS and them, man. They were talking about a lot of conscious stuff as well. And I feel like a, a lot of the artists that Raucous were pushing, and not that it was just about being conscious, but it was the sound, didn't it? Um, but because of the type of artists that, because of the type of rappers that were coming out of Raucous, I feel like it maybe brought consciousness back to our kind of centre as well. And it's funny because we, we say underground, 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 but a lot of these artists would, in maybe a minor form, become a bit more than underground. I don't think they stick to it because someone like a most Def, like, he went on to crazy heights if we, in, in, in that realm. Yeah, 100%. I think they're given the platform in the underground to then become kind of like indie darlings in the mainstream. They're not necessarily mainstream, but they're those examples of what an alternative conscious rapper can look like in the mainstream. So obviously Mel Steph releasing singles, albums, being in movies and stuff. Um, you know, Talib Kweli, Talib Kweli-ing on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, LP with, with um, Run The Jewels Now. Like LP has probably, probably more famous now in the mainstream because of Run the Jewels, but that was a foundation started in the underground. Yeah. So Raucous was definitely like, and Raucous tried to sign, Kanye West wanted to sign with, with Raucous before he signed to Rockefeller, but they turned him down. Oh, yeah. so, so that kind of speaks to like, 
the stature and the stead of Raucous at that time as well. Yeah. The fact that they were doing so much for the scene and the underground to where, you know, future legends want to sign and obviously through severe, severe lack of uh, foresight. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think, yeah, man, without, without, without Raucous, I think we look, I'm not going to say that conscious rap is synonymous with Raucous because it's not, but it's hard think, to say that, though. Yeah, but as you say, like, Chuck D and KRS and them, man, were conscious before any of this. But obviously, conscious rap as a subgenre probably doesn't exist without Rockers. I'm not going to... I'm not going to say I, that. I think... I think might, he said that. might, though. He said might not exist. Might not. Well, at least in the form that it took. Maybe, okay. Maybe without Rockers it doesn't become what it ends up being in a sense where a lot more rappers explore it. I think if we say that without Raucous, that Constructor wouldn't, I guess, exist, it's kind of disrespectful to, you know, the Rakims, the KRSs and them, man, because they they were doing that. Obviously, when hip-hop in the 80s was, it was in its most purest form as well, so, and they were doing that. Um, yeah, I think it would be a bit, yeah, it'd be a bit cheeky to say that. I think, yeah, I, I, I understand you, what I, you're saying though, because I, I feel mean, like I mean, the Commons and the Talib Kualis, I feel like they elevated it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose my thing is like, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't alive at the time. I don't know if they were calling what Public Enemy and them man were doing conscious rap, but we call what Mosef and Talib and them man were doing conscious rap. Mm. If you see what I mean. Oh, I see your point. Yeah. Back then, back then it was just rapping. Yeah. yeah, back then it was just hip hop. Whereas a lot of people were on that, so I guess back yeah. then they were rapping in the early to the eighties. But I guess when Rockers came, it changed it kind of all up. Yeah, because it, it influenced probably a vast amount of people, isn't it? So yeah, because everyone was trying to wear baggy pants and dance, and then yeah, came and, to me gave me a. I'm 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 always gonna have a de- in depth with them because. They gave me more stuff, and more stuff. You guys know how I feel about him. Yeah. So when they comment as well, man. Yeah, fam. They gave us all them man that wear their funny hats. So like, <laughs> when they give us some top rappers, yeah. No, honestly, you don't want to talk about. You know that Eric Abadu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, someone sent me a meme recently. <laughs> and these man trying to see Eric Abadu versus Joe Scott. I was dying. Yeah, bro. So like, they gave us a lot of them man there. They gave yeah. us a lot of man with the funny hats. I, I quote tweeted that tweet and I said it was swap soul query and cheat. <laughs> That's fair. So <laughs> well, is that the style? Is that the style? Is that the name of it? So crazy, bro. Yeah, bro, man. So mad is that? Like, that. If, I, if I was old enough back in them days, I would have been rocking them hats too. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a soul Aquarian, man. I'm a soul Aquarian. <laughs> you know it. Like, yeah, they gave us them back there and then they gave us a whole new kind, not a whole new sound, but they kind of brought a sound back to life that we was missing. Mm. So we're always going to be, we're always going to hold them. It wasn't just the sound, brother. It was also the lifestyle, though, innit? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that resonated yeah. with probably so many, in a sense. Yeah, even, even the music videos as well, man. Yeah, I feel like that's what I'm saying. Because because of the atmosphere, not even the atmosphere, that's not the word I'm looking for. Because of, like... It is. Because of the it. soundscape that they helped bring in, there yeah. was also visuals that they helped bring in as yeah. well. Because these artists were shooting videos that weren't as flashy as, say, a Hype Williams video. Yeah, they're more relatable to... You know, you know what I'm saying? That. So I feel yeah. like even them man doing that allowed for the future greats to come through and Definitely, take man. from that ilk as well. Like a Kendrick yeah. Lamar, man, we ain't going to say that Kendrick Lamar hasn't taken from that sort of feeling as well. Oh, yeah, one of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but all of that is, is... There's a dual purpose to it too. 
there's that but also at the time with videos like respiration or like whatever company flow we're doing it also creates the aesthetic of the underground you know the black okay. and white videos the lo-fi videos like this is what we associate with the underground so i guess yeah. the artists that were on Rulkers kind of build what the underground is in a sense and then it influences people like I'm pretty sure on that same Justin Hunt video, Ninth Wonder was bigging up Rulkers. You know what I'm saying? These, this is things that they were listening to when they weren't trying to listen to the Jiggy shit. Yeah. So there's definitely like a whole structure of underground rap and the way people deliver their raps, the way they shot to their bars and stuff that you can credit to those rappers who are on Rulkers. Mm. So at Rulkers, you probably don't have those artists in their prime doing what they're doing and then creating what becomes the underground it's it's tough man because it might even go back to what we classify the underground to be is it just rap that isn't on the charts is it just rap that isn't popular now how do we i think it's the authenticity rap? i think it's like so you said it's enough it's the authenticity it's the yeah man the amount they're known the sales public perception of them. I feel like there's a number of things that class someone as underground. Mm-hmm. So can you... It, okay, is it... I don't I don't know if we can... MF Doom, yeah, like... He's very known. Mm. But in the nicest way possible... Him being underground, but... In the nicest way possible, is he known... When you say he's very known... I think hip-hop... I don't know if hip-hop is surrounded more with rap purists or not, but... Most people that I come into contact with RRL who Doom is, even if they don't know his music. Yeah, but that's because who do you surround yourself with? All sorts people of listen to the same type of music, really. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because when I talk to, say, right now, if I'm at work and you've got someone that's a casual rap fan, I don't think they will know MF Doom for you. No, okay, you're, you're, right, you're right. Yeah. Which is why yeah. I class well, them But like... Yeah, but then who, create- like, who is that person then? Who are we, who are we putting the measuring stick on? Is it the general perception or does it have to be... Is it the general public then? Because not everybody's going to be known to like a, a Drake level or a... Like there, are people that, there are people that don't know who Young Jeezy is, but he's not underground. True. Yeah, I think, I think with mainstream rap though, mainstream rap, topics-wise, content-wise, is more or less the same. I think in the underground, you have so many diverse topics. Yeah, man personalities different and, moods and vibes yeah, yeah you got it yeah just, and just just like styles of music and yeah. sound well yeah. like it's so different so where while there might not necessarily be a concrete definition of underground rap like the attitude is we're doing whatever the mainstream ain't doing yeah essentially so whether yeah, that's most stuff talking about um you know the water crisis like these are not things that you hear in the mainstream maybe not so much you know what I'm saying? So that's probably where I would say underground rap is at in comparison to like um, to mainstream rap anyway. How does the internet affect underground rap? Don't do, think do it. Do we still have them labels? Do we still categorise that as underground rap or that as underground rap? If because of the way the internet is. I feel like the internet's bringing everything up. That's actually a very good question. You know what I'm saying? Because it brings it all together. Obviously, yeah. obviously, obviously yeah. there were certain new, there were certain types of rap that would be known more by more people, but I think it's harder. When you had to go out and buy music, you could more so distinguish what was underground and what wasn't a lot more. Agree with that as well. Yeah. I think the under I think the internet killed the underground, really and truly. For that reason, I think. Because now everything is so accessible. And you gotta remember, like underground rap during the 
back in the day probably wasn't as accessible as mainstream yeah. rap as well. Whereas now everything is like on Spotify or is on like if you're going to take it back, everything was on LimeWire or you know all that shit. So the, the internet in that sense kind of like mon- monopolized rap in a sense in a way that they made everything equal. Yeah. But some things, some albums or some singles or whatever may retain that underground essence. I don't know. I feel like underground rap, like the goal of underground rap is to eventually become mainstream, is it not? I don't know. What, what's your take on that? That's, do you know what I mean? That's a good you, point too. Do you know what I mean? Because if you, see, if you look at most of the journeys of, you know, the artists that we listen to that are, have been underground and how far they've come, look at, do you know what I mean? Like the J. Coles, the Kendricks, you know, the Wiz Khalifas, I'm just, just an example for another name, mm. you know. Back in the day, I would have classed someone like a Tally the Creator underground for a long time. But yeah. I feel like social media shows you how the underground quote-unquote gets killed off because I feel like yeah. his social media presence it is really him off being underground. But his content and what he raps about is, seems very underground-ish to me, if you get what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's like, there's like obviously mainstream rappers and there's underground rappers and then there's those people that kind of transcend both lines. When you talk about people like Cole and Wiz and Kendrick and Drake, these are all people that were underground to begin with, mm. but they had the propensity and the skill to transcend that. Whether yeah. it was by switching up their style or switching up the kind of music they made. Um, when you're just an underground rapper, you're not necessarily caring about going mainstream, I don't think. You're making the music that you like that probably won't even be seen or heard in the mainstream anyway. Yeah. And you cultivate an audience because of that. It's kind of more so not catering to what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Whereas yeah. with the people you mentioned, Saeed, I feel like, naturally it was part of their development as artists yeah. to, and I don't even really think they probably didn't even maybe even consider themselves underground in that sense maybe no. you know what I'm saying music, yeah. their trajectory like yeah. you know, Wiz Khalifa especially like fucking See You Again is the most mainstream rap song ever yeah <laughs> so I'm not sure if he was thinking about you know I'm not going to be mainstream I'm not going to be what them are but yeah. um yeah, man, it's a tricky it's, one. It's difficult, man. Like being even like being of the underground is, is quite a hard one because for purists, like they, I think they do make it hard for what who we consider to be underground to eventually try and grow beyond that. I think we're snobs. A lot of us are snobs. So if we are, if we lean, if certain individuals such as myself lean more towards like underground music than the mainstream, I think we make it hella difficult for people to try and grow beyond that. Oh, fully. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Where you know, <laughs> like hold on to what I they were, in it. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily feel like it's all the way bad. I feel like with someone like me personally, like it's more so you're, you diluting and selling your soul yeah, in man. order to be bigger. So you're still making great music and then you decide that you want to be bigger and you do become bigger. I'm not going to like be like, yo, no, don't do that. Like, stay mine. Like, nah, I didn't do that. <laughs> It's more so just the music being diluted and you not making quality anymore. I think that's what a lot of purists have an issue with. Yeah. I agree with that. I align with that for sure. The purists, I mean, they're, they're hard to please anyway. But I think if you're like a super, yeah, if you're like a Lupe Fiasco, Lupe Fiasco is a perfect example. Like when he made Lasers, like there was such a backlash to oh, it. Because, exactly. But he, he was still spitting. So the purists were probably we're probably like eased and like um, satisfied, but it oh, was yeah. sonic trajectory he had been on. He was he was now on. It didn't mesh well. So I suppose that's an example of how 
someone who is on kind of underground, even though he, I wouldn't really call Lupe underground, but he was a purist anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, when he goes, when he tries to be a bit more mainstream, it can, it can kind of bite him in the ass. But I don't know, man. I think it's hard to please these fans anyway. With Lupe though, like on the call, he he did superstar. That was that was that, that was mainstream, but that was a game changer. That was a banger, bro. I wasn't here for that song. What? I wasn't yeah, here for you, superstar. You, you in it. Do you know what I mean? That was a tune, bro. No, I wasn't. I liked um Paris and Tokyo, but yeah, I didn't come like on. superstar. I, I like I like kick push. I like, Paris, yeah. but I wasn't really here for like superstar. Wasn't out of the whole album. Yeah, no, nah, I keep that. What was it on the call? <laughs> Was it on the I, think that was to ma- I think it was there to make extra sales, brother. It was there to just add in it. He did yeah. that. And I didn't yeah. I didn't begrudge him for doing that. I still no, the album is still amazing to me. But it's tricky though, but I saw like, what he was doing though. So it's, well, it's things like that that a lot of purists have an issue with because that was a clear attempt at trying to sell more records. But then on the flip side, you could say it was maybe him exploring more of his creativity. I say so. But I also That's- think that he became more mainstream on lasers. I think with Superstar and all the others that charted, he probably caught a really good balance because it was kind of more glossy sounds, but he was still telling a story. On lasers, it seemed that he was going too far to a certain place. Mm. And that's probably where the purists got pissed off. Mm. I don't think Tristan commercial. And then I was like, who? Rich. Mm. Okay. Yeah, he switched it up. Yeah, when he dropped Tractor. And I'm like, that's oh, not... Yeah. You're clearly attempting something here. And that's when... <laughs> but, but but you know what, though? To to In Rich's defence, I feel like that song was in, is in line with his personality. So mm. I didn't necessarily see that as him trying to sell out. I looked at him not trying to sell out, but definitely trying to cross over at the very least. But it's like, like he dropped... Tra- what was the other one he dropped with the white boy? Um, the tune of example, yeah. I, I, can't yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Oh, is that called again? Yeah, so it's like I, I just, I just, I remember that. That's what I'm saying when I was growing up, and that's the first time I really went that. Like, you're trying something here that's not really to mm. me anyway. That wasn't you. Is there a difference between trying to selling out and trying to blow? I think trying to stay relevant. That's is actually that a difference. Um, um, yeah, because I you don't can think blow- if you're trying to blow, you're automatically selling your soul. I don't mm. think you are. I'm saying I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Kendrick Blue, he didn't do anything pop. You know, his first single on Good Kid was Swimming Pools. That is nowhere near a mainstream song. Mm. Uh, I think so. that's a great. That's a. I think that's a, a, a good way of doing that, though, of trying to maybe attract more fans, but still keeping your artistic integrity. That's the best way, really. Yeah. And that's what I think Lupe did as well with Superstar. Ah, boy. I think that's you think of that? yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you, I mean, so on that. When you think of a rapper that Because <laughs> um, at the end of the day, bruv, you've got to take the risk. You've got to innovate. Whether certain people will like it, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. If certain people won't like it, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, you just got to do you at the end of the day, bruv. It's your art. It'll be appreciated in one way. And that's you know what, what I mean? the underground's about. The underground is yeah. about doing you, being true to yourself. Yeah, and, and being as artistic as you want to be, so it, uh, it's it's it's, contra- it's definitely contradictory in in being like yeah. a as well, definitely because we promote these artists like you know being true to themselves, but then when they we do want to explore and maybe grow a bit beyond what they're at now, like they get they get criticized for it. 
Mm-hmm. I think Pharaoh and Munch doing Simon Says. I thought that was a good way to, I guess, try to break out of that role. But was that in line with his personality? I would say so. I would say so. I'd, I'd probably say so too. Yeah. I'd probably say so too. And again, like, even though it was a big hit, I also think, like, I don't think he was in the studio saying, I want this to blow up. Precisely. And so I guess it, it goes down to the mentality. If you just stumble across something, if you just make something that you want to make because you want to make it and it blows, that's not necessarily trying to go mainstream. That's just... Yeah. Luck I think that's what usually tends to happen, though, to be fair. Like, you don't expect it to be, you know, that banger and then it actually ends up being that banger, bro. It just... Yeah. Yeah, that's the most organic way, and that's yeah, man. That's what a lot of fans like. Yeah, no, like, I remember, I remember. Thing though, so who was it? You know what? I don't even want to mention. I keep mentioning J Cole, so I'm gonna get annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> that crossover with workout. Yeah, See? yeah. But that whole album was, but that whole album was trash to me because <laughs> it was single after single. Mm-hmm. And the irony yeah. behind that that tune is, I love that song. What workout? I love that song. Like if I'm if I'm judging it. Just purely from uh, enjoying music, I really enjoy that song. What but about if I'm, if I'm judging it against what I know J Cole does, then I can see why people criticize. Yeah, because you can't give me. He literally gave me Friday Night Lights, then he gave me Who That, then he gave me Workout, and it's like Who That mm. felt. Throw that in the bin, and it's like no. Workout. <laughs> what is going on here, fam? Like it was literally like what's and it works. Who are you, kind of thing? Yeah. But someone like a Kendrick Lamar done it organically with swimming pools. It stayed to his character. Alright, so yeah. on the flip side then, what if an artist comes in poppy and then tries to get more underground? How do we look at those eyes? Can you think of someone? Um, who started poppy and then tried to get underground? I can't think of any. I mean, I mean Riz, Rizza kind of did. Rizza kind of did. Rizza? Yeah, yeah. Prince Rakim, innit? Yeah, Rizza was Prince Rakim to begin with and he did Ooh, I love you, Rakim, which, you know, is the biggest lie I ever said on, on Wax. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was he was doing all that, like, I'm trying to woo this girl and shit. Can you imagine Rizza trying to woo your girl? Yeah, just, anyway. Um, and then he went underground with, with Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang, but yeah. The, yeah, but the thing with Rizza was he always had that mentality. It was during a time when it had to be somewhat mainstream. He had to have a hit. Jizza did the same thing. He did a song called Come Do Me. <laughs> Come Do Me. I'm yeah, relax. Amen. <laughs> um, so, could you say LL Cool J? Yeah, LL Cool J as well. Um, I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, has say mild that. hints, mild hints, bruv, of that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he he was a good mix though, because he had like Rock the Bells, but he also had I Need Love. So, yeah, he he kind of came in like dual purpose. So, if anything, that's probably even harder to do. And then he kind of went one way and then came back. Yeah, man, it's weird. I think he was just trying to live his best life, to be fair. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Would I look at someone differently if they were trying to do underground after being pop? I think it depends on your character. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it does depend on the person. Because um, it it's almost like they're trying to beg in it. Like, it's like... Yeah. But what if it's, authentic, if it's authentically the person you could tell, then... That they've studied it, they've taken the yeah. time out to, like, you know, respect the forefathers, yeah. And also, what if someone just grows? Like, what if when you was poppy, 
you're in a different time space. What if you started reading books and then you're like, mm. that's what I'm saying. As long as you pay homage to the people that actually started the trend. Yeah, like, what if you decide to wear the Eric Badu boyfriend hat and decide, you know what? <laughs> I've, read, I've read message to the black man. I'm a different man. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. <laughs> well, I think, I, think, I think Tiny Temper. I think he started off with wifey rhythm. Yeah, that's a good one. In um, hood economics. So I feel like... But, and he's been all over the place since. Like, he weren't accepted, though. He weren't. He wasn't. That's because it's time. Yeah, Bro, he's been all over the place. Making, he started making shoes with, like, Bruiser and them, man. And then, like, it wasn't embraced. And then he went and got a labyrinth. And then he just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do this pop thing. Yeah. So... Now he's trying to do, like, Afro pop tech. I don't know what he's yeah. doing. I don't know what he's so doing. Him, so him being, so being kind of not underground to begin with is kind of what burned his bridges with grime to where when he tried to do a grime thing it just didn't pop off yeah because like nobody really saw him like that i guess your perception is what's key in it if you're perceived to do a certain thing and be seen in a certain light it's then hard to take you out of that light into something that's completely opposite yeah um, whereas i, I think, don't think that's fair though but yeah man. yeah i mean it, it isn't fair because mike moe said like you should have the time to grow like no artist in the first few singles is the finished article or even the first couple albums. You know what I'm saying? They could have read books. They could have, you know, got knowledge of self and shit. They could have become a fruit of Islam and they could have really seen the world for what it is. And that would have changed their art. That would have changed their art. That would have changed the way they are. And a lot of the time, like people are being told how to be when they first come out yeah. by labels, by teams, by all of that. So to round it all back, I guess Rulkas kind of took away from that in a sense of you didn't have to worry about all that. Yeah, precisely. We don't care about the success. We care about the culture. And that's it. Like, I think that's one of his greatest legacies. It cared about the culture mm-hmm. because it wasn't concerned with all that, to be, to be fair. You know what I'm saying? And then people who came out from that, you know, did so based off the strength of their music and of the strength of their personalities. Like most Def becoming an actor and just like a cultural figure. Um, Talib Kweli becoming a commentator, although he comments too much. Um, LP becoming, you know, a personality and, you know, a revered rapper in his own right. And the underground will probably exist, but in what form we will never know without Rokas, in a sense. I wonder yeah. if um, any other genre of music deals with, like, mainstream versus underground. You know what? Rock and roll, the underground becomes mainstream. Mm, so... Sex Pistols, the Ramones, um, you know, them man. Whereas of us, for a while anyway, underground was underground. And it never saw the light of day unless your mainstream guys were bigging up the underground. And they maybe got a little bit of shine on that and then that went away. And that's similar to, um, well, back in the day, it was similar to like R&B and soul music. Like when Marvin Gaye first started out, um, why is it, why my mind gone black? Record label, Barry Gordy. Motown. Motown. Um, yeah, when he first started out, Motown and that, like, that's, that's awful, isn't it? Cardinal Sin. I know. Um, but when he first started out, Motown and that, like, he wasn't one of the, the leading artists that was being pushed. He was what we would call today underground. And then he started making tunes that started bubbling up and making some noise. And then they pushed him to be more mainstream. Um, I think hip hop might be the only genre where that's accepted. I think nowadays, though, you can hear the difference between an R&B artist being underground and then going mainstream. And I think The weekend is a perfect example. 100. 
I don't know how if you man listen to like House of Balloons and that, but that's like man, that was the one. Classic. Yeah, yeah, that was the well, classic. His style completely shifted when he went mainstream. I saw. I stopped listening to him as soon as he went mainstream. Stop listening that's to him. Issue. That's that's and that's what a lot of purists and underground fans have an issue with. You start, yeah. you 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 attempt to blow up, you then become successful in that, but then the quality of the music goes down. Goes down. That's the issue. Yeah. yeah. With, these, with, with these rock and rolls artists. The, the quality is still there. It's hard though, man, because even Tame Impala, perfect example. When Tame Impala weren't massive, for me, they still made um good albums. Then when they become more popular, they've still made good albums. So that's why it's accepted. Maybe it's because they tend to have sorry to interrupt you, Yemi, but like, I was yeah. just gonna say maybe it's because they tend to have less control when they do get closer to like you know th- that level of stardom like i don't know maybe they have less control in terms of creativity and production which then leads them down that route do you know what i mean yeah i agree i agree i think when it comes to when you're dealing with the weekend as well as an example you know he signs to a label and then they obviously see a star in him and you want him to be a star and they influence how he's gonna be and how he's gonna sound moving forward um and when he kind of flipping goes from the underground realm to the mainstream, there is a bit of that underground that's lost when you do become mainstream because you have to sell certain uh, numbers of records. You have to hit certain targets and shit like that. So you might not necessarily do that with the House of Balloons, whereas you might with like, was it, um, was it, what was the one with the, I can't feel my face? Whatever album that was. Uh, It's tough, man. It just speaks to overall artistry as well. Maybe The Weeknd wanted to. Yeah, from your Excel days, um, did they sign any artists that were undergrounds when they signed them and then they allowed them to stay underground once they signed them? Well, in my time, they didn't sign anyone really. Um, But they're historically known for getting underground people that then become some of the biggest cultural artists. Prodigy, Dizzy, Wiley, I mean Adele wasn't really. I mean, I suppose she was like doing MySpace stuff, but yeah. she. But she signed to Excel uh, when she did Chasing Pavements. Yeah. Okay. Her first three albums were with Excel, right? Yeah. Well, they're 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 really good at that. They're notorious at that. They're good at finding. Um, is FK Twig still? Is she still part of Excel? Because she's yeah 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 yeah. Twigs is a good example as well. Young yeah. Turks as well. Got, yeah, Young the Turks, yeah. Samfa. You know, yeah, I was like, gonna say, yeah. They're, they're, they're really good at that as well. So I feel like they took from the raucous blueprint, though. Yeah. Allowing artists to just be them. Yeah. I mean, you and can even, you, even let labels like Stones throw. Perfect example. Another another from the, that raucous lineage. 100%. 100%. Def Jux as well, which is LP's label. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Rhyme Sayers. Yeah. Two different like rap labels that probably did take from. The Rockers Blueprint because Rockers was probably one of the first of its kind in that respect. Yeah. So I guess all roads lead back to them in a sense when we were talking about like the underground. Um, but with hip hop, like we just compete with each other. Like that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, the underground is going to compete with the mainstream, is going to compete with the mainstream, is going to compete with everything. So you kind of have to almost take sides, mm. which, you know, isn't productive, especially when you enjoy. <laughs> Big up Rockers, man. Honestly, man, like set the blueprint for a lot of people. It would be good to hear their name a bit more, just like you know, as a just to be recognised for the blueprint that they did leave. 
Um, I feel like they even affected like blogging as well. I feel like, like maybe like early two late late nineties, early two thousands. I feel like because of the type of artists that they were putting out there, a lot of people were looking for like minded people that enjoy that type of music too. And that's when all these message boards and music boards, forums and shit, yeah, and forums came up and that like OK Player and that like those are, I think those are from the type of. I guess atmosphere that Rock has helped to create. So we got yeah man, there's there's a lot that they did. To yeah man, recognize. Yeah man, Rock has came at a perfect time. I think if another label comes in that respect in that at that time, they might not necessarily do as much. Mm. I'm saying because a lot of it depends on the work that they're putting out, and it's good that Rockers were just putting out seminal albums, um, especially like ones that we're going to remember, ones we're probably going to be listening to for well into our old age. They, they definitely dropped the bag with not signing Eminem and Kanye though. They dropped the One hundred percent. One hundred percent. They must the bag on Eminem. Eminem was like on one of their first the first album, the first album. Would Eminem have been Eminem? Kanye would have been Kanye no matter what. But would Eminem still be Eminem without Probably Drake? not, because Eminem needed Drake. Eminem, that's what I'm saying. Kanye's Kanye. He's gonna be him regardless. We don't think, know though. We don't know. I'm just saying, I think, more, I think the main thing American Kanye could have been on Rockers. No, He's what I'm saying is Kanye was more likely to blow just because of who Kanye is, but yeah. Eminem needed. I disagree, Dre. man. I disagree. I don't know. I feel like Eminem needed Dre more than Kanye needed Dame. No, but like I think Rockefeller gave Kanye that that mainstream stamp. So as soon as he dropped his first shit, the mainstream were already looking at him. It wasn't, so of, it wasn't a case of him dropping music and then him needing to bubble on the underground then become mainstream. If he would nah, have signed to Rockers, he would have started out underground and we don't know if he would have bust up. I still think, I think, maybe just the way I look at Kanye's talent, I think Kanye still would have blew, man. You also, got deep, you also got to deep it. When you're with a label like Rockefeller, you have access to way more than someone has signed to Rockers. Yeah. When you're signed to Rockers, I imagine you got to build relationships and all of that. Uh, I think Nash already had these relationships. So I agree. I just Kanye to link up with. I agree with Mo though. Whomever. I think Kanye. Sorry, what was he saying? Say? I agree with you, Mo, because I think that Kanye probably would have spent more time cultivating his craft if he was somewhere like Rockers, and then still would have like bus case, but it would have been it could have been in a different way. It might not have been in the same way that he's gone now. I think, yeah. I think, I think, I think yeah. he doesn't have the access to people like JD and Rockefeller generally. Yeah. If he's at Rockers. So Bam. maybe his blow up, maybe his blow up is different. It's either different or it doesn't happen at all. Fam, you got to deep it, bro. On his first album, <laughs> this guy had access to most Def and a freeway and a Jay-Z. Yeah. No record from Rockers is having that, bro. No, listen, I'm not arguing, Kanye. I'm just saying Eminem needed Dre more than Kanye needed Dre. Yeah. Yeah, of course, but... That's my, that was my point. That was literally my point. <laughs> that white boy needed Dr. Dre or he weren't going nowhere. That's but you know fine, what but we still got to deep it, though, man. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Kanye needed, I think Kanye needed quite a bit, man. Yeah. He still was Kanye, you know? Kanye, I still think... Bruv, he still had that fight. Yeah, but I think he's going to get it. Kanye wasn't rated like lyrics like that back in them days, man. We got to call a spade a spade. But he was a producer as well. He was a producer he was a rapper. So he would have don't rap. I do think, though, he would have dropped the college dropout regardless. Maybe he would have been lacking a Jay-Z verse, but it would have definitely been what it is. Yeah. What happens after, who knows. But then if he drops that, then it's enough. 
to, 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 I, think, like, I, to, think that's, I think that's another conversation as well. I think Kanye's college, I'm college Kanye signing to Rockefeller is might be an underrated importance of the tie between the underground and the mainstream as well. Yeah, man. Because yeah. someone like a Kanye signing to Rockefeller and Kanye linking up with the likes of the Talibs and the Commons and that then allowed the link between a Jay-Z and a Talib Kweli in a sense, because Jay jumped on the Get By remix. I don't know if... He does that if if, if, if um, Kanye signed to Raucous, I don't think that happens. I'm not going to say that that did much for the record, but I think just the overview of underground versus mainstream, I feel like there was a bit of a bridge, because then after that, Jay was then quoting... You know, if lyrics sold, I'd probably be lyrically Talib Kweli. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think Kanye's importance as far as that is underrated as well. I feel you. It's a great conversation. What we're trying to say is, if, you know, if if if, if lyricism sold, Jay-Z will be on Rupert. Yeah. Um. No. Why? Because, you know, he, he had his own label, wouldn't it? <laughs> I was going to quote a bar, but it didn't come to me. Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you, didn't nit, you, didn't, you didn't have to so ferociously nitpick my, my thing, but fine. I'm sorry, man. Nah, <laughs> it's cool. No, I, I, I agree, though. I think Eminem would, would have just been... He probably would have released, like, two or three Infinites um, or, like, gone elsewhere afterwards. I don't think Rulkus would have been it for Eminem. Eminem would have been Machine Gun Kelly by Dr. Drake. But yeah, I mean, I think, I agree. I think Eminem and Kanye are the biggest um, fumbles of the bag for Rokas. They probably would still be alive right now if they had signed them. It lived for about 12 years, but, you know. It had a very solid run. A very solid run. The roster looks fucking sick. Legendary run. Legendary run. Legendary run. Hip-hop isn't the same without Rokas. We're talking about them in 2020, bro. That signifies the importance. Mm. For real. Yeah, man, big up Rokas, man. 100%. 100%. But also, we're just nerds. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that we are, fam. There's bare people that, know who the, that don't know who the hell Rokas is. In it. <laughs> um, Some people heard Far and Watch for the first time, bro. Brav, <laughs> I'm getting educated in this as well. So. Some people heard yeah. Black on both sides and said, What's that? I've never listened to a company flow record, though. I'm not an LP fan like that. What, really? Um, I have listened to Ava. That's I want to. Huh? That's surprising a little bit. Why? It's you in it. You're a nerd. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, I've, I've listened, but I just I really enjoy it. No, but that's like, that's like super nerdy shit. That's like yeah, super isn't it? Super. Like, I want to listen to it, but it's 75 minutes long. Yes, I know. That is a long thing. What are we doing here, bro? bro? I'm just glad we're past that period where like albums have got to be like 24 tracks. Can you imagine? Come on, man. Let's not do that, bro. But do you know what, though? We say that if um, the consumption of music was a lot slower and, you know, people weren't dropping music as much as they are, we might enjoy those. I appreciate it, man, so much more. Yeah, because back in the days, like, they they were taking a lot longer to craft their their albums and that. I feel like Jay-Z was one of the first that was, like, dropping an album every year. But this generation today... I feel like you've got to be a special rapper to go missing for four years, three years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Oh, like, you have to be special. Like Kendrick's mm. special. He can go missing for three, four years. Yeah. But yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, you know, we'll be back 
to our, well, hopefully we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming of, you know, regular episodes and stuff. Obviously, as you can imagine, it's been a tough time for some of us, um, but we'll be back in the game. Um, and this is the start of many, many to start off the, well, begin the, Again, continue the rest. Yo, this is a shambles of an ending, bro. This is a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, you just yeah, let him... that again, man. Yo, yo, you, yo, fam. Yemi, yo, yo, Yemi, come on, man. Yemi, you did a great job. Get your head in the game, fam. Yo, Mo, chat to your mans, man. Don't know what's up. Oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, we're back. We're front. We're back. We're front. <laughs> 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 just chatting shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say, yeah, back to our regularly scheduled program. Lads, are you are you done? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, um, so, so check this out, right? <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> No, check, no, check this out. Must it? But check it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about to get along. I'm gonna come to all your houses, <laughs> one by one. Knock on your door. And what? And phlegm in your face, bro. Man said, "Phlegm in your face, bro." <laughs> That's one of the most disrespectful things anyone can do. You know what I'm saying? That, no, that is the most respectful, disrespectful thing. Yeah, that's worse than punching someone in the face, you know. Or maybe I'll just cough on your doorknob so that you catch. Anyway, um, so <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in um, to episode 28. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back for episode 29 in two weeks' time. Um, and yeah, I mean, this will be our schedule programming for the foreseeable until we're able to get back to the studio. But for what it's worth, I've enjoyed it. What about you guys? Yeah, it's been I mean, sick, man. Good, man. I needed that. I felt good. Yeah. My spirits a bit. If there's nothing else, uh, we will see you very soon. Take care. Stay at home. Stay safe. Protect the NHS. All that madness. Namaste. Sure. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck.